Welcome, and thank you for streaming this sermon. At Heritage Baptist Church, we believe that the Word of God and the Gospel of Jesus can truly change lives. So it is our hope and prayer that this service stirs up your affection for Christ and helps you to draw closer to Him. For more information, please visit hbchazlett.org. God, my heart is fixed. I will sing and give praise, even with my glory. I want to focus on those first six words. Oh God, my heart is fixed. What I saw at camp this year was a group of teens who were far removed from what I was as a teen. But on the other hand, what I saw was a group of teens who was not too much different than what I was as a teen. They still had fads, they still spoke their slang, and they all had their own style. I'm talking about today's style of teens. What I saw was a group of teens, some who respected authority and some who did not. I saw some who respected themselves and some who did not. I saw some who respected the property of others and some who did not. I realized that I'll tell you, before I say this phrase here, I have to tell you that, you know, it's been a long time since I've been to a a camp, period. And this is the first time that I've ever been with a group of teens. Now, we've sent teens, and I've gone to youth conference with teens, uh, but never a camp. And it's it's really a different different, uh, uh, environment altogether, youth conference versus camp. It's a totally different environment. And uh, they like to kill me, but it was fun. I enjoyed it. Like they said, it was fun. We had a good time. But one thing that I realize, and, and I'm realizing more and more, especially that now that I'm working with them and I'm up there with them every week and I'm preparing lessons for them and, and I'm preaching to them, something I realize, I realize this, folks. I'm not going to be able to turn back the clock for them so that they can do it like it used to be done. It's not going to happen. Now, here's the revelation. God knew that. God knew it. God knew that in 2009, we weren't going to be able to turn the clock back to 1940, 1960, 1970. God knew that. Now, here's the encouragement. God can and He will use people of every generation so long as their heart is fixed. And what I saw at camp was a group of teens who dressed different, spoke different, and thought different than I did, yet whose heart was fixed. Some were fixed on wrong, of that I have no doubt. (laughs) But in the midst of it all, there are some whose hearts are fixed on right. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, that's probably the case with every generation. So, I believe that we can take heart. I believe that we can really be encouraged tonight and really, really agree with everything that's within me that all is not lost. I mean, we hear preachers all the time, and if, you know, we sit around and talk to adults all the time, a lot of times we give the impression that hope for America looking at our teens, but I, I, I beg to differ with you. I don't believe that all hope is lost. I believe there's a lot of hope in the teens that we have today. Some of them I wouldn't spit on if they were on fire. I mean, you just feel that way sometimes. I'm not talking about ours, but just some, you know. But 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 in but if you put if you just look at those just don't focus on those and just continue to look you're going to find some good teens too. 
Real good teams. God has a remnant. Or He's preparing a remnant, just like those of Elijah's day who have not bowed the knee and have not, uh, have not bowed the knee to Baal nor kissed his mouth in every generation. And I don't think, and I told this, I told them this the last night that we were there, or the couple nights into it, I guess, actually. I don't think that we have the most spiritual group of teens, but neither do I believe that we have the most carnal. I believe that we have a, they have a, there's a tremendous amount of potential in the teenagers that we have, and therefore a tremendous amount of hope. Teens, you can be the remnant. Now, I'm going to preach mainly to them, but we can all, we can all benefit from this, these next couple minutes. Teens, you can be the remnant. God always has a remnant. He always has a group whose heart is fixed on Him. That can be you. It can be. I've, I've, been around, I've been across the country and I've been in churches where you've got some youth groups where the kids are just, I mean, pardon my language, well, I'm not going to say it if I have to pardon it, amen? They're just not worth, they're just, you just want to leave, amen? You just don't want to hang out there because it's just the influence is just not, it's just not there. And then I've been in churches where you've got some good godly teens and you just hope and pray that yours turn out like that. And, and I believe that you can. This, this group of teens can be that remnant. You can be the group of teens that makes a difference uh, in, in the world, in your school, in your city, in the country, and I believe even in the world. You can be that remnant. With all of your differences, you can be that remnant. Uh, now, just like Pastor said on the last night there when he gave the final devotion, it's, and like Brother Pope said, you can, make, you can take a good thing and turn it bad. You know, fishing's a good thing, but if it becomes an idol, it's bad. Texting is not bad in and of itself, but you can sure make it bad. Your iPhone can be bad. It's not a bad thing in and of itself, but you can make it bad. Uh, so, with all your differences, with your iPods, your texting, your iPhones, your iTouches, uh, if your heart is fixed on the right things, you can make a difference. You can be that remnant. Now, let me say this. There's no excuse this late in the game. No excuses this late in the game. When I say this late in the game, I'm talking about most of you are up over 13, 14. You're up over that now. And uh, you're not going to, no one's going to be standing with you when you stand before God. You're not going to be able to say, my parents were the reason I didn't go to church. My parents are the reason I got out of church. That won't hold water when you stand before God. You will stand alone before the Lord. There's no excuses this late in the game. You can't blame your parents or circumstances for not serving God or for not doing right. So fix your heart. And some of you, uh, I believe, that really did this week. I believe that when the, when, when the Spirit of God spoke to you, especially on that last message, man, folks came down the aisle. Tons of kids got saved this week. A lot of kids rededicated. A lot of decisions were made. And uh, I, I just thank God for ours that came and, and all of you that were there at camp. And like I said, I believe that we've got a group of teens right here that can be the remnant. You can make a difference. There's a lot of hope left, a lot of potential, if you fix your heart. Fix your heart. Let me just give you four, four areas where you need to fix your heart. And these are just going to go real quick. First of all, first and foremost, fix your heart on God. Fix your heart on God. Now, if we do that, everything else takes care of itself. Fix our heart on God. Now, when I say on God, I'm talking about the God of the Bible, not the God of our own choosing, not the God that we conjure up in our own mind, not the God that excuses our sin, the God of the Bible, the God who's full of mercy, 
The God of judgment. The God of glory. A God who's full of honor and grace and love and holiness. The God who rewards the righteous and overthrows the wicked. Fix your heart on God tonight. Fix your heart on God who demands preeminence and refuses to take second place. A God who's a jealous God, but also long-suffering and slow to anger. Fix your heart on the God of the Bible, not the God that you choose or that you design in your own heart and mind. Fix your heart on God, and you can be that remnant. Fix your heart, number two, on the church. Fix your heart on the church. Fix your heart on the church. It is the institution of God. The Word of God tells us it is the pillar and ground of the truth. Fix your heart on the church tonight. It is the instrument of God to speak to the world in the New Testament today. You cannot circumnavigate the plan of God. Don't think that you can do better outside the church what God designed to be accomplished through the church. We've got so many parachurches organizations out there, and I thank God for the few that actually do get saved through them. But that's not God's design. That may, that's, a four, that's an eight-cylinder running on four cylinders. God designed the church, and in the, I believe everything ought to go through the auspices or under the auspices of the church. Don't, don't get to the place, you guys, where you look down on church or where you think you put it second place in your life. Man, you ought to look at your calendar, look at your church calendar, and then look at your other calendar, and then, and then, and then plan this life calendar around your church calendar. And I know I've said that a hundred times and people still look at me like I'm crazy. But I'm telling you, your church ought to be the first thing. I mean, God as the center of your life and your church life, your family. This is your surrogate family right here. We need each other. We need church. We need Sunday morning. We need Sunday night. We need Wednesday night. Man, we're beat up out in the world all week. And then you come in here midweek and we get a, we slap each other on the back. We wrap up our wounds and we send each other out with a prayer and a, and a holy hug. Amen. And we can make it the rest of the week with a good, good word from the, from the preaching of the word of God. Don't, don't despise the church. Fix your heart on the church. Thirdly, fix your heart on the preaching. Boy, this is big. This is big. I wanted to ring some necks this week. Now, most of our guys, most, most of our kids were good. Man, they sit there. They were. You heard them say, Johnny, Dr. Pope was good. It wasn't good. If you've never heard Dr. Pope, I always tell people, you don't hear Dr. Pope preach, you experience him. He, he is an event. I mean, just a tremendous preacher. He really is. And, and uh, I mean, even, he's 58. He said, he, I think he said he's 58, right? And uh, you'd never, if you never, if you didn't see him, if you only heard him, you'd swear he's in his 20s. I mean, outside of the wisdom that he has, you'd swear he's in his 20s. But the energy that is, uh, that is in his message is just an outstanding man of God. So most of our kids, they obviously, they listen. But, boy, I had a time. I wanted to wring some necks. I wanted to reach up and flick some ears. And I wanted to grab some hair and pull them up and say, look at the preacher. The fact of the matter is, guys, I know you've heard me say this already during the devotions this week, but I'm just going to say it again. Fix your heart on the preaching. Despise not, the Word of God says, despise not the prophesying. In other words, don't belittle the preaching. Don't think small of the preaching. Listen to me. Pay attention to the preaching. 
understand that God ordained the preaching. When you come to church, He didn't ordain uh, the, the, the foosball table and the ping pong table. God didn't ordain the VBS program. I love it. It's a, He didn't ordain the choir. He ordained the preaching of the Word of God. And all these other things, especially the singing, boy, it ought to get our hearts ready for the preaching of the Word of God. Everything else is second to the preaching of the Word of God in the church house. Don't despise the preaching. Understand that God ordained the preaching. And understand this, more times than not, God will guide you through the preaching of His Word for your will for His your life. His will for your life. More times than not, if you'll tune into the preaching, not just hear the preaching, not just listen, but if you'll tune in and ask God to speak to your heart, more times than not, He will guide you and reveal His will for your life through the preaching of the Word of God. Every major decision I've ever made in my life since I got saved was made at an altar after the preaching of the Word of God. Despise not the preaching. Fix your heart on the preaching. Discipline yourself to stay awake during the preaching. The best way to do that, sit up straight. Sit up straight. Don't waller back in it. Don't lean back. Don't tilt your head back. Nothing makes me more mad than to see a teen with his head laid back like this. Man, I just want to just throw something in his mouth or something. It just makes me so mad. Sit up straight and look at the preacher. Amen? Amen? Discipline yourself to stay awake during the preaching. Do more than simply stay awake, but actually listen and seek to understand. i got to read something to you that I, I taped in my Bible years ago. John Harson Rhodes, I have, no who I, I, have no, I have no idea who he is, but I saw this quote and I wanted it. So I taped it in here. It says, do more than exist, live. Do more than touch, feel. Do more than look, observe. Do more than read, absorb. Do more than hear, listen. Do more than listen, understand. Do more than think, ponder. Do more than talk, say something. Boy, that's good, isn't it? It's good stuff. Fix your heart on the preaching. Fix your heart on God. Fix your heart on the church. Fix your heart on the preaching. And then finally, and this goes hand in hand, but fix your, fix your heart on the Word of God. Fix your heart on the Word of God. And I'm just going to repeat some of the things we've been talking about in Sunday school. Guys, I'm going to emphasize this just one more time to you. Let the Word of God, the Word of God, the Bible, be your moral compass. It's the only absolute we have in the world. That's it. When people out there can tell us there are no absolutes. They can tell us that everything's relative. But they won't live that way. Oh, they might when it comes to their sin, when it comes to excusing their sin. But let them, how many of you own a store? Let's say, Brother, Brother uh, Davis, you own a store. Let's say that they go up here to Cows or Tires. And, uh, and uh, they want to buy a, I'm ignorant in these things. I'll just say they want to buy a 17-inch tire. And you throw a 15-inch at them. And say, here you go, and it's the same price that they think. And they say, well, no, I want a 17-inch. You say, well, this, this is my 17-inch. This is what I call a 17-inch. Uh, they won't live like that. A 17-inch is a 17-inch. If, if I want to buy a gallon of gas out here, then I want to go down here and buy a gallon of gas, too. 
I don't want to, I mean, I don't want to spend, I don't want to get a half a gallon here and a, and a, and a three quarters of a gallon. It's got to be absolute. A gallon is a gallon is a gallon is a gallon. There are absolutes in this world. There are. We, we don't live in a relative world. No one wants to or else it'll be completely chaos if we do. Anarchy in the world if we live without a moral compass, if we live without absolutes. Let the Word of God be your moral compass, your absolute, your guide for all that is right in life. Fix your heart. The, the psalmist said, Oh God, my heart is fixed. Can you say that tonight? If you want to be that remnant, if you want to be that group of teens that God can use and, and work through, if you want to be that group of teens that will make a difference in the lives of others, if you want to affect Hatchlet, if you want to affect Justin, if you want to affect Saginaw, if you want to affect the, the areas around us and the area that we live in and our country and the world, fix your heart on God. Fix your heart on the church. Fix your heart on the preaching. Fix your heart on the Word of God. And then I believe God can use us. Amen? Amen. Let's stand together. Can you say tonight, oh God, my heart is fixed. How about you adults? Now, I was preaching to them teens, I know that. But how about you? Can you say, oh God, my heart is fixed? Is it fixed on the right things? Has God been able to work through you to make a difference in the lives of others? Has He been able to reveal His will to you through the preaching of the Word because you're so in tune to it? Had a, somebody tell me today, Brother Stone, I won't be there next week. I'm going to the lake. You know, I, I'm not nice enough to say, well, I understand. Yeah, I'm just not. I, I, so I just didn't say anything. <laughs> Y'all let you say it. Amen. But I, I just said, well, come back safe. Amen. See you next week. See you the week after next. Priorities. That's an indication that the heart is not fixed. So let me ask you tonight. Can you say with the psalmist, Oh God, my heart is fixed. Father, we love you tonight. We thank you for the good group of teens that you've given us. Lord, I mean that. Especially over this past week, I felt like I've grown closer to them. I got to know them a little better. And uh, Lord, I just love them. I really do. And I'd do anything for them. I'd do anything to, see, to help them and to see them succeed. And especially preach the truth to them. And that may not make me popular in their eyes, but, Lord, I know that it's definitely needful, and that's the ingredient for success in their life. I pray for them, Lord, I do. I pray for them. I pray you'd bless them, help them to succeed. And I pray that you'd convict their hearts to fix their heart on you, on the church, on your word, and on the preaching, as well as the adults that are in this room tonight. Lord, if we've not fixed our heart, and if, if you're speaking to our heart tonight by your Holy Spirit, I pray that you give us enough concern and conviction to move according to that conviction. In Jesus' name I pray it. On behalf of our church and staff, thank you for listening to this sermon. For more sermons and more information about our church, please visit hbchazlett.org.